need you to be the Eggman. What, you haven't heard of me? Become the Ant-Man. I'm getting the hang of this. Woo! That's so cool, bro! Oh, yeah. Damn right. I'm Ant-Man. Marvel's Ant-Man. Rated PG-13 everywhere July 7th. Hey folks, it's Rico, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This will be podcast 548. It is July 26th, 2015, and that's another preview for the cool new Marvel movie that's out, Ant-Man. And if I sound a little nasally, it's because I am. I have a little bit of a summer cold, uh, which uh, I feel better, but I might sound a little different to this week. Um, today we're going to look at... Uh, just uh, talk a little bit about Ant-Man, which I saw yesterday and enjoyed quite a bit, and talk about a Voyager episode called Imperfection, uh, which uh, I think will be a fun one. I'm going to play some uh, play the episode and commentary along with that. Uh, I'll talk about some upcoming shows and more uh, heading into August soon. Uh, lots of things going on then, and uh, I guess that's about it. Let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cole, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. Hello again, folks. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Uh, again, uh, sorry if I sound a little nasally. <laughs> You know, the, the funny thing is, is uh, for those who listen to the show pretty regularly, it's been a long time since I had a cold, um, you know, good old nasally cold kind of a thing. I, I, I blame it on the uh, European germs I may have picked up on my trip. Uh, I usually take, uh, and I did take, um, this airborne stuff on the airplane, which is just basically a bunch of vitamins, vitamin C, and, uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I took it on both ways of the trip, and uh, and even then, I, I think there was just so much going on the week I was in Germany, and I was really not getting nearly enough sleep uh, and pushing myself, so it probably made me a little susceptible. So, uh, But I actually feel pretty good. Earlier this past week, around midweek, I uh, actually uh, stayed home f uh, from work for a rare uh, sick day, 
but uh, but feeling okay now, and I feel I felt okay enough to go see Ant Man yesterday because there's nothing more uh, energetic than sitting in a in a <laughs> a dark movie theater in the middle of summer and watching a movie, which uh, basically the most energy just getting there and and sitting there. But yeah, I wanted to see it. It had been out for a week, and of course, I'm a big Marvel comic book fan uh, from uh, you know for ages, decades. And I wanted to see their latest effort, and 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 you know this movie, because it, it you know features Paul Rudd, who who's known for doing a lot of comedies. He's not exactly this superhero action type kind of guy, although he got in really good shape for this movie. It's it's obvious, uh, but uh, even then, you know he really doesn't have to be in that great a shape because it, it's it's basically a movie that involves using a, a suit like Armor Man's. I, sorry, what did I say? Armor Man? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not even taking any medicine or anything like that today. Uh, but uh, Iron Man's armor, you know, he Ant-Man has this suit, which you can, you know, I won't spoil anything for the movie, of course. But uh, nothing more than you see in the previews. He has a suit that allows him to shrink down and, you know, ant size and all that. But you still want to have somebody who kind of looks fairly rugged and, and can take a punch maybe and, and, and also give a punch. Because some of that is obviously going on in this movie, and uh, there, there's a fun scene with uh, Hope Van Dyne, who is uh, played by Evangeline Lilly from The Lost, uh, and uh, she's in this film. She plays uh, the creator of the Ant-Man, uh, Hank Pym's. Uh, she pr- plays his daughter, and she's teaching uh, Paul Rudd how to like fight and punch, even though Paul's been in prison, his character, uh, Scott Lang. And he's kind of a thief, but, he, you know, he's kind of one of those criminal heart of gold kind of guys and trying to redeem himself. He has a daughter, he's divorced, and and he's trying to make good in the world after he gets out of prison. So anyway, the uh, but the movie was was really good. I You know, I, I, I think people had some reservations about this, like I was trying to say there at the beginning with Paul Rudd, and a kind of a goofy-looking kind of movie in a way. Uh, it's a movie about a guy who shrinks down, and there's a bunch of ants in it and stuff, but... Uh, there's a lot of heart in this movie. He, like I said, he has this young daughter. He's trying to do do the right thing. And it, the the other thing this movie has going for itself, unlike maybe the some of the Avengers films in that, is you can kind of he's an everyman kind of a guy, so you can really identify with the character. I think uh, easier than like a Captain America, Steve Rogers guy, you know, or a Tony Stark, a billionaire genius. Uh, even though those are fun movies, great characters. But this is, um, you know, he's he's kind of like a, a, you know, a little bit like, um, you know, the, any other uh, person that just finds themselves into sort of an extraordinary circumstance. Uh, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's like Peter Quill in a way with uh, Last Summer's Guardians of the Galaxy. This human being out in the galaxy, just trying to, you know, do the right thing uh, most of the time, but also having a little bit of fun with it too. So there's there's a fair amount of humor in this movie, but I don't think it's too much. I don't really think they go over the top with it. I mean, it really isn't. It, it could have been much more, and I think they had the right blend of, of action and drama and comedy in there. And he's got some fun friends. You see that in the previews as well. Uh, there's great uh, chemistry. Michael Douglas is is fantastic. I think in this movie, I think he does a great job. It's really cool to see him in a in a in a film in a Marvel universe. I think that was great great casting. Uh, to have him there, he's the, you know, Hank Pym, he's the inventor of Iron Man, and our, our, I, I'm sorry, excuse me, of the Ant-Man suit and that the Pym particle and all that stuff. So, uh, 
Yeah, I I really enjoyed it a lot, uh, probably more than maybe I thought I would even. I, I knew I probably would enjoy it. He's uh, he's a character that I've sort of seen and followed through while reading the Avengers comics. I've never read the, they've had Ant Man comics, you know, individual solo comics, but I I don't think I've read a few of them over the years, but nothing much. But I I know him mostly from the Avengers, from uh, you know his connection there. So it's a, but it's a character that I know, and they've had different Ant Man Ant Men over the years that have worn the outfit. So. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, if you you know if you enjoyed especially Guardians of the Galaxy last summer, if you enjoy the Marvel films and their and their way of doing things, there are connections that they use. This movie definitely connects into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are things that happen that they relate to. There's also um, make sure if you go see it, make sure to stay throughout the whole credits. There are two uh, two credit scenes. Uh, there's one kind of mid credits. And there's one at the very end. I actually goofed up. I thought there was only one mid or the mid credit scene I stayed for, which is great. Um, and and I would say that these are pretty good credit, you know, post credit scenes or credit scenes co- compared to some that they've done. Um, especially, I think the mid one, the the end one is kind of interesting. I actually missed it. I had to dig around this <laughs> this morning. I didn't realize it. I, I thought there was only one, and I had to dig around there. You you can find sort of a not-so-great version of it on YouTube if you dig around a little bit. And that is an interesting one. It's a little bit different, uh, the very end one. Uh, but I'm sure I'll see I, I know I'll see the movie again sometime, so uh, no worries there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, go check it out. Uh, get out of the summer heat if it's super hot where you're at. We've had a little bit of a heat wave here in Michigan in the last... And the last week or so, actually, since I got back, it's been warmer than it was uh, before I went to Germany. So it's uh, it's kind of following that it was warmer over there uh, in Europe than I than it's been in Michigan pretty much all summer, and it's warmer here now. Although I think we're getting a little break in it here soon. So um, Ant Man, yeah, go check it out. And I'm gonna take a short break. I'll come back. Come come blah blah. Come back, talk a little bit about Trek, Star Wars, other things going on in TV and movies, and then we'll talk about the Voyager episode for this week here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Star Trek fans, we are back with an incredible announcement. Simon Pegg, if you please stop pressing the buttons. Thanks, Thundernuts. This announcement is going to literally blow your mind. Not, no, we're no, not literally. That's homicide. For the first time ever, our entire cast is uniting to make history. With you. We're offering one lucky fan and a friend. The chance to win a walk-on role in the next Star Trek. A chance to boldly go where no man or woman has gone before. All from the comfort of a posh, convenient soundstage. Sounds nice. It's all part of Star Trek Boldly Go, a new philanthropic initiative in partnership with Omaze. Dedicated to supporting nine global organizations that are near and dear to all of our hearts. One more thing, in addition to the grand prize, we're selecting six more winners to form our honorary Star Trek Boldly Go crew. We'll fly you out for an exclusive behind-the-scenes visit. You'll take a tour of a ship, you'll hang out with all of us, and watch as we film new scenes. You might even get to meet some brand new characters. It only takes 10 bucks for your chance to win. And if you give a little bit more, you can get some exclusive Star Trek swag. But the best part is your contribution will support all nine remarkable causes. Idris, glad you could join us. What's up, Chris? Only now, it's your turn. For your chance to win, go to amaze.com slash star trek. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash star trek. 
Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, shouldn't there be some sort of button that we can press and... Yeah. There it is, look. Are you chaps ready to make a party? Well, then let's kick it. So what you heard there was a, uh, a YouTube video that the guys, uh, the, the cast has put together uh, from the next Star Trek film. All the cast members, along with uh, Idris Elba, is that how you say his name? Who is guest uh, a guest star in the new film that they're filming currently. Uh, this is a uh, a really cool idea. It's it's a little advertising, a little charity, a little of everything, a little trek. But basically, this company, this place called Omaze, O M A Z E, they partnered up with it. And as they said in the video there, uh, basically what you can do is you donate. Uh, the money goes to these charities. A lot of them are, are children-related. Uh, the cast is very uh, active in those areas. And you also, uh, for your chances, that, for each of your chances that you, or how much, depending on how much money you donate, it increases your odds of, of chances of winning one of these spots to get a walk-on role, visit the set, and all that other cool stuff. I donated some uh last week when I first heard about this after I got back and yeah it's very cool uh you can find the video on YouTube just search for Omaze Star Trek to boldly go ambassador or something like that uh you can find it over at trekmovie.com there's a little story over there uh they have some swag like they said if you donate more you get more chances to win and you get like you can get up to t-shirts you can get different little uh set props pieces and things that cost you like if you want to have a shot at winning any of that stuff or getting any of that stuff, the winning of the walk-on roll is the winning part. If you donate a certain amount, you get a certain piece of swag guaranteed. Uh, up to up to the amazing. If you want, if you got an extra hundred thousand dollars laying around, you can have let's see, one million chances to be in the movie, along with a replica Star Trek uh, captain's chair. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think for $100,000, I'd probably take it and make a fan Star Trek film. Uh, but anyway, it's it's cool, and uh, I, I, I'll i be interested to know of the person who wins the walk-on role, like at what level of amount of that they entered. Uh, I, I did a little bit more than just the lowest level, but I, I'd be curious if the people that donate like a ton that have all the extra, extra excuse me, all those extra chances to win, if one of those people wins, uh, it'll, it'll just feel kind of sad in a way because it'll just mean that the more money obviously the more your chances but i guess that's the way things work sometimes but it's a good cause great uh good for them to do something like that i think it's a cool uh, idea plus the neat thing about these videos there's a couple of them around there's the one that i just played for you there's also a few other ones and you get little tiny glimpses you obviously see some of the enterprise uh, the bridge mostly in this one video that they did you see how it's been slightly altered for this new movie you get to see the cast as they're kind of looking in their current uh, look and makeup it, not really makeup but hairstyles and, and just get a feel for how they're going to be in the movie uh, and you also get a couple of glimpses behind the scenes stuff in some of the other videos like one of the aliens there's a there's a uh, a couple of them out so Check it out when you get a chance. Yeah, so filming on Star Trek is obviously going on. The new movie that's due out next July, uh, July 8th, 2016, is when it's still due to come out. 
which will be basically two months before the 50th anniversary of Star Trek uh, for our September 8th, uh, 2016. They're filming up mostly right now, I guess, around Vancouver. There's some talk of them being over, I think, in Dubai, also doing some filming over there. Uh, there are some sets going on. They've done some lo location shooting from what we've been hearing. Not a lot. There's been little tiny glimpses of maybe, you know, uh, they've maybe changed the look of the uniforms for this movie. I think that would be great. I mean, I, I like the classic look. They have, they've had uniforms in the last two films that look very much like the original series. But I'd like them to kind of graduate now to something a little more uh, of their own, I, I guess. And something like they did with Wrath of Khan where they moved to more of a... A more formal, more military kind of uh, look, I think, would be kind of nice. Uh, it, rather than these, it, you know, it looks like a big T-shirt sometimes they're wearing <laughs> and black pants. So uh, even though, again, I, I love those uniforms uh, and the colors and the look, I, I think it might be kind of a good, a good time to make a change. And I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but they've already actually uh, signed up... Uh, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, I, I think they're the only two, or at least they've optioned them for a fourth movie, which just basically means they've come to an agreement, uh, and it'll probably depend on how this movie does. I can't see them announcing a fourth film until this one comes out and, and seeing how it, uh, how the you know box office is, but I really think we probably will get another one. I, I think that you know these first the first, last two that they've done have made good money. Uh, they've been very popular. No matter what you think of the movies, as I've talked about it quite a few times on the podcast, uh, they've made good money. Uh, so that's that's at the end of the day, that's what it uh, it's all about. I'm hoping for something very original in this next film, uh, more than uh, we've gotten so far. I, I think, again, this cast is fantastic. I think they can do a lot more with uh, the franchise. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm glad we're going to get a new movie, another movie next summer uh, from Star Trek. You know, 2016 is going to be... Every year I say this, but, uh, you know, every year the, the movie seasons get bigger and bigger. You know, we're going to have Batman Superman movie. Uh, more, we're going to have Captain America Civil War. We're, we're going to have, uh, obviously, Star Trek. And, uh, well, at the end of this year, we're having the new Star Wars film, of course. So lots to see at the movie theater. Uh, what else is uh, going on? Uh, I, I guess movie-wise, at least for the summer, uh, we've got a couple of... of couple two three big ones still coming mission impossible uh, next weekend and also that fantastic fantastic four movie uh the man from uncle movie which i saw a preview for a new preview for in the movie theater I, i'm looking forward to that one a lot i love i love that time period i i think that'll be a lot of fun uh this hitman a hitman reboot movie uh, and uh yeah a bunch of stuff i still might see pixels even though it's really getting trashed by the critics I just think it, it uh, you know, all those video games in a movie, it might be a fun movie to see anyway. Uh, but, uh, and again, I've always been a, you know, a believer in, hey, I'll go see a movie and decide what my, you know, for myself what I think. Adam Sandler, I mean, and gosh, has he ever got, has he ever made a movie that, that, that the critics liked? I don't think so. I don't, I think it's just automatic. I think they just automatically write him off. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, I, I've enjoyed a few of his movies. I think a lot of them are kind of silly and really kind of dumb, but I, there's been a, there's been a good handful that I've enjoyed. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, television. Uh, what's uh, I've been trying to catch up, man. It's been hard this summer to keep up on TV. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, Friday night Sci-Fi Night with uh, Defiance, Killjoys, and Dark Matter 
you know, every Friday night, there's three hours, three new shows to watch. I'm, I think, a couple of episodes behind on all of them right now. I think I have two of each on my DVR uh, still there. But I've been enjoying all those shows pretty much equally. Uh, for a while, Dark Matter wasn't really grabbing me as much as the, as Killjoys. And Defiance I've watched for, for the last couple of seasons it's been on. But Dark Matter is becoming more interesting uh, as it goes on. Killjoys is fun. And Defiance is really having a, a pretty crazy season and, and has been good. Still watching Stitchers. Still loving Mr. Robot, uh, which is not exactly sci-fi, but it's it's computers, it's it's hacking, it's 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 weird. Uh, it's it's a very hard, very hard to describe show. Uh, so uh, and uh, and enjoying the uh, the humans a uh, robot show. It's all about artificial intelligence, you know. Right now, we've got uh, humans. We have Extant back with Halle Berry, which this second season they've changed the the format quite a bit of the show so that uh i'm not sure about it so far really this season has been kind of a little i'm not sure if it's really doing as much for me as season one did i i season one was okay it wasn't the most you know the greatest show ever but i thought there were some interesting things and Halle berry certainly is is you know to me a great actress and always worth watching so uh so yeah, lots of stuff to watch on television uh, each week. Oh, Halt and Catch Fire. I should should mention that. It's not again sci-fi, but about the early computer days of the 80s, the second season right now on AMC, probably my favorite show on television right now. I mean, the, the just, just it's just such a great show. Cool cast, and I love that era of the early days of computers because I lived it, you know, when I was there and and it's shocking to me of how much how think how much things have changed in computer the land of computers you know now everyone basically is online and this is a great way to sort of show the early stages of that it's all fictional of course but but they play with you know things that you know must have been happening with uh uh it, you know different companies trying different things and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. Uh, I th- did I mention Stitchers? Yep, watching that as well. So lots lots of good stuff on television and at the movies. So uh, give it a shot. All right, I think I need a little drink. Uh, wet my whistle, and then I'm going to get into this week's Voyager episode or this week's Trek episode. Uh, kind of a classic show here. Going to be uh, looking at the Voyager episode Imperfection. Also, I wanted to mention my Patreon campaign again. Uh, if you'd like to donate just a couple of dollars a month uh, to help support the podcast, help me build a new little uh, video set here uh, in the Rico Cave, uh, just go over to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Treks and Sci Fi, or just search for Treks and Sci Fi on Patreon, or go to Treks and Sci Fi and, and click the links. You'll find it all there. And just for a couple of dollars a month, it's a big help and helps support the podcast. And I would really appreciate that. Thanks to everyone who's been donating so far to that. Uh, I, again, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, little break. I'll be back, and we'll be segueing right into the Voyager episode, Imperfection. Captain's Log, started 54129.4. It's a bittersweet day for the crew of Voyager. Okay, this is uh, an episode from early in season seven, uh, second episode of season seven. Captain, we're very grateful. We're just glad that Revy and Azan will have a chance to grow up with their own people. They're saying goodbye to uh, three of the other Borg children. You can still come with us. 
And you can still stay on Voyager. Adapting to your absence will be difficult. I'll miss you too. Ichab is going to stay, but the rest are going. It's time. I've been studying all available data relevant to the species, as you recommended. Familiarizing yourself with their culture will help you adapt. On Wazanti, it's customary not to say goodbye, but I think I prefer the human way. So the little girl here is uh, giving Seven and Nine a hug. And actually they all are. There's the two uh, boys and then there's the little girl. I like the fact that they actually, you know, you know, they had him on Voyager and they actually dealt with the fact that they were on Voyager and just didn't disappear. You know, they, uh, they actually found a home for them. We should deactivate the children's alcoves. Right now? They're a drain on Voyager's power reserves. Is there a problem? It just seems like an insufficient amount of time has passed. They're having an emotional response to the children's departure. They'll be fine. We should be happy for them. Seven. Yes. You're crying. My ocular implant must be malfunctioning. Yeah, it's probably not that, but... Um... Okay, so this episode again is from season seven, episode two. Actually, got uh, used a little out of order uh, when they after they filmed it. Uh, but um, episode is called Imperfection. It is production number two hundred forty-eight. Uh, keep in mind that didn't mean two hundred forty-eight episodes, or yeah, that they made. They started I think at one hundred, so it's one hundred and forty-eight or whatever. Uh, teleplay by. Carlton S. Eastlake, sorry, and Robert Doherty. Uh, story by Andrei Andre Boramas Borminus. Terrible. I'm just slocking, sl slaughtering these names. Sorry. Directed by David Livingston. I can handle that one. Uh, yeah. So basically, this episode's about Seven of Nine uh, having some trouble with her um, Borg implants and, and how they deal with that. Uh, it, it's. Um, I think it's always interesting these episodes just because I think one of the great things about Voyager what they did here when they brought 709 on is that they continued she was like the data uh, or the Spock character in a way she was the one that um, they always tried to make a more human she could see things kind of from the outside in and and they continued to explore her character quite a bit sometimes you know unfortunately it, it meant the other ones didn't get as much screen time when she came aboard. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think this will be a good one to talk about and watch again here with you uh, listening. There's nothing to be ashamed of, Seven. You should have seen me the first time I heard Puccini's Tosca in the holodeck. I sobbed through the entire third act. You're a hologram. You can't cry. Ordinarily, but Lieutenant Torres enhanced my emotional subroutine so I could truly appreciate the performance. Then your reaction was the result of a technological enhancement just as mine was the result of a technological malfunction. 
Saying goodbye to the children was a traumatic experience. Crying was a normal response. Except that I was in complete control of my emotions. Yeah, she thinks she was, but maybe not. Hmm. Seems I owe you an apology. According to this, your tears were the result of a glitch in your primary cortical node. Have you experienced any other malfunctions lately? Headache, dizziness, diminished motor function? No. Really? Then you won't mind if I check the biomonitors in your alcove, just to be sure. I've experienced an occasional headache. Why didn't you come to see me? The malfunctions have not affected my work. Seven, if you're having problems, you need to let me know. If it'll make you feel better, I'll be more forthcoming in the future. You're all heart. I'll schedule some follow-up tests and make my report to the captain. I'd prefer to keep this between us. I don't want to worry the captain. We've also, this informed of your medical needs. This episode was, was first aired uh, in October of, of 2000. Right patient confidentiality. If you want to keep this between us, that's where it'll stay. Yeah, Seven's always obviously been pretty private about all this stuff, and, and she's all about if it's not affecting her performance or her work, you know, there's no need to really to talk about it, right? So... Now we're in the uh, stellar cartography area. Ica is in here with Seven now. He was working on something that he didn't want her to see, though. I've been thinking. While I'm grateful for the opportunity to assist you in astrometrics, I'd like to take on more challenging assignments. Or astrometrics, I'm sorry. Not stellar cartography, that's in the Enterprise. That's not what I meant. I want to work on the bridge. You don't have the proper training. That's why I'd like to take the entrance exam for Starfleet Academy. I could forward it to Earth in the next data stream transmission. If I pass, I could take the basic classes from Commander Tuvok. He was an instructor at the Academy. Your plan is ambitious. Then you think it's a good idea. You could take the classes with me, earn your own commission. I believe I've already assimilated enough Starfleet training. I'll need a letter of recommendation from the captain. I'll speak to her. Now Seven's um, hand complete in the cargo bay. Can you finish here? Is like uh, of course. Looks like there's something pulsing underneath her right hand. The, actually, the hand that doesn't have her Borg uh, implants on it. She's going down to the uh, the little alcove regeneration station. Computer set up. initiate regeneration cycle. Unable to comply. Why? The interface is incompatible. Run a diagnostic of Alcove 01. Diagnostic complete. Alcove 01 is operating within normal parameters. Initiate regeneration cycle. Unable to comply. Clarify. Your cortical node is malfunctioning. So she can't regenerate here in the alcove because of her, you know, some problems with her. Uh, Borg interface, I guess you could call it. Seven, I didn't see you. I was just leaving. Before breakfast? What time is it? Oh, 0500. Don't tell me you've been here all night. I was unable to regenerate. Anything on your mind? 
My alcove is malfunctioning. Well, you should ask Balana to take a look at it. I didn't want to wake her. What's all this? Nutritional supplements. I thought they would compensate. Your own recipe. It's a mixture of metabolic enzymes and protein extract. Let me make you one of my Talaxian omelets. It may not have as many enzymes, but it'll taste better. That won't be necessary. I think I'll take your advice and wake Lu Lieutenant. Now she was having more of those uh, weird things happen to her. Uh... Felix is sick by medical emergency. Sort of another Borg little implant showed up on her face. Of... You lost consciousness in the mess hall. Your body's begun to reject your implants. I'm afraid it's a result of that glitch we found in your cortical node. Apparently, it's more serious than we thought. The node is destabilizing. It's no longer able to regulate your implants. They're shutting down one by one. That's probably not good. When you've disconnected yeah. implants in the past, I've always adapted. Minor implants. An assimilation tubule here, a few nanoprobes there. Nothing crucial to your human physiology. But these implants control your vital functions. And without my cortical node to regulate them, I'll die. Correct? Borg technology is highly adaptive. My cortical node will repair itself in time. I don't think so, Seven. If anything, the deterioration is accelerating. You'll have to stay here for observation. I think I've been sufficiently observed. Would you excuse us, please? I'm sorry for what's happening. You have every right to be angry, but that isn't going to help us solve this problem. The node will correct itself. Suppose it doesn't, for the sake of argument. Is it possible to replicate a new one? The technology is too complex. What if this had happened when you were part of the Collective? How would the Borg have repaired the damage? They wouldn't have. Trying to repair a node would be a futile exercise. The Borg would simply replace it. Harry, we passed a Borg debris field six or seven days ago, just outside the Yantasa Expanse. See if you can find it on long-range sensors. Yes, ma'am. It's not every day we go looking for the Borg. What's up? Seven needs a new cortical node. Captain, need I remind you? The Borg often return to salvage damaged cubes. She needs a if spare part. To they take. need to go. I want to help Seven as much as anyone. But if we're not careful, we'll all end up with cortical nodes. That's why I'm taking the flyer alone. I've located the debris field. Transmit the coordinates to the flyer. You have the bridge, Commander. With all due respect, the last time you took the Delta flyer to confront the Borg, ended up in a couple thousand pieces. I intend to bring it back in one piece this time. A good pilot might be able to help you do that. Particularly if he's accompanied by an experienced tactical officer. You shouldn't do this by yourself, Captain. Well then, gentlemen, I guess you're with me. Captain. I'll meet you in the shuttle bay. Have you talked to Seven? Just a few minutes ago. 
then you don't approve. Of what? My request. Request? I'm sure Seven will discuss it with you when she has the chance. I'm sorry I bothered you. Obviously, no one's told you. Told me what? Seven isn't well. What's wrong with her? Her cortical node is failing. Her cortical node? She's going to die. Not if we find a new node. We're on our way to search a Borg debris field. I have experience in Borg technology. Let me come with you. I appreciate the offer, but it's too dangerous. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm not willing to let you. I'll let you know how we did as soon as we're back. Don't worry. Yeah, I would have taken him with me. You know, come on. He, he's partially Borg. I mean, they really could use a little bit of uh, help on that end of things. It comes down now in sickbay looking at uh, Seven, who's resting, but uh, she wakes up now. Why are you here? The captain told me you were ill. I'm fine. Then why are you in sickbay? That's not your concern. You have work to complete. Report to Astrometrics. I finished my work. Then I'll assign you more. Is there a problem? I wish to be alone. Come with me, please. Why is she so angry with me? She's not angry with you. She's just angry. I don't understand. She's it's a common response to serious illness. <laughs> She's frustrated. To I get a little grumpy when I'm sick too, so I don't blame her. Vulnerable. She shouldn't be embarrassed in front of me. I'm her friend and her pupil. She doesn't want you or anyone else to see her when she's not at her best. It's not her fault that she's sick. Of course not. But we have to allow her to deal with this in her own way, with as much dignity as possible. Give her time. She may decide she wants company, and if she does, you're the first person I'll call. Field. A section that contains the bodies of approximately 37 drones. 37 doesn't sound approximate to me. These drones were killed in an explosion. There are only a few left intact. Looks like there's still a breathable atmosphere inside. Any sign of active Borg ships in the vicinity? Nothing on sensors. Well, that could change in a hurry. Run continuous scans. Yes, ma'am. So Janeway and Tuvok beam over to uh, try to get another node for uh, seven here on the Borg debris field. A little convenient, I guess, that they're near that, that near a, uh, a Borg uh, field of uh, tech, but uh, I guess for the episode it makes sense. They could have probably said we'll go searching and then weeks later found something, but you got to do these episodes in like 42 minutes, so help me get this off him. Makes you also a little bit wonder, like, uh, what what was able to kill all these Borg and, and no destroy these ships. The node.
So Janeway's kind of operating on this Borg, uh, this Borg drone here on the ground, kind of extracting this little node out of his head. Nice work on the effects here, really. You know, it's uh, she pulls this like long Captain, cylinder out. Two to beam out. Delta flyer, respond. Three humanoids have just transported aboard this vessel. Drones? The only drones here are dead. They belong to us. So Who not are you? Captain Catherine Janeway of the Starship Voyager. This is my debris field, Captain. We weren't aware of that. What have you taken? The cortical node. We needed to save one of my crew. Everything here belongs to us. Put down your weapons and I'll consider not activating this laser scalpel. about the delay. They knocked our transporters offline. Some nice effects work here, considering, you know, it's 15 years ago or whatever, Delta Flyers maneuvering around the debris. I need you a tactical. When I bring us around, target their engine core. Aye, sir. Breaking pursuit. So now we're back in sick bay, and Seven of Nine is up, uh, standing up, working at a council here, and the doctor's not happy. <laughs> Filing system is inefficient. I'm implementing a new one. You should be in bed. Delivery for Seven of Nine. Tarkanian wildflowers. Cheery, don't you think? Ah, uh, well, if you prefer gladiolus, I could go back to the Eoponics Bay. That won't be necessary, Mr. Neelix. The flowers are lovely, aren't they, Seven? Thank you. I'll admire them later. Actually, I thought I'd stay and keep you company. Seven prefers not to have visitors right now. Not even a visitor with a cottage cot board? Correct. But it's your favorite game. Personally, I can't blame her. You're being extremely insensitive. I am. You know perfectly well Seven is in a weakened state. She wouldn't stand a chance against you. Uh, you're right. I, I don't know what I was thinking. We'll play later <laughs> when you're feeling up to it. Yeah, that's funny. Green. I beg your pardon? I prefer the green pieces. You'll use red. Doctor, do you think she's up to it? As long as you go easy on her. Janeway to the doctor. Yes, Captain. We're back and we have the node.
So now they're doing some a uh, little bit of surgery here with Tom Paris assisting the doctor. I'm ready got, to disengage uh, the damage node. They've got this new node that they're uh, the going to obviously put in. One thing I always thought about Voyager is like with this. Sadly, I know it's a small crew, but are there no other people who have medical training besides the doctor and Tom Paris? So now this one node is kind of like flashing, looks, you know, like it's... Vital functions are stable. Time? 20 seconds. Not yet. I have to realign her primary neurodes first. The computer can't maintain her cortical functions much longer. Ready. Our neural relays are going to destabilize in 10 seconds. Nine. Almost finished. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Transfer seven's cortical functions to the new node. Something's wrong. She's going into anaphylactic shock. Her implants aren't adapting. They're rejecting the new node. It's losing synaptic cohesion. Apply a 20 millijoule neurostatic pulse on my mark. That doesn't no seem good. Again! Increase the pulse, 30 millijoules. Computer and simulation. Why did you stop? It wasn't working. Run it again. Captain, this was our 12th simulation. Something tells me 13 won't be our lucky number. The salvage node has been inactive too long. Then we'll find one that hasn't. No matter how many debris fields we sift through, a node from a dead drone isn't going to work. Who said anything about a dead drone? What's that supposed to mean? We've infiltrated Borg vessels before. If that's what it's going to take to save Seven, we'll do it again. Are you suggesting ending one life to save another? I'm not giving up on her. Neither am I. I'll do everything in my power to help her. But we both have to face the possibility that it may not be enough. Red. Grid 13-3. So I like that idea that they were, it was a simulation for this, um, replacing her node. You know, it fooled me again. And I've been, been a while since I've seen this, but uh, yeah. The idea of using that um, that in a simulation and practice makes a lot of sense. Just think of all you know, all the teaching and training that Holodeck could be good for, like uh, surgery and anything, anything like that that you'd want to be able to practice before you actually do. Sixteen to two. Oh, my mistake. Oh, well, I should really see how things are going in the mess hall. But I'll be back later, for a rematch. Are you ready to proceed? According to the simulations, the salvaged node isn't going to work. I'm sorry. I'm still researching alternative treatments. And Harry and Bellano are going to try to repair the faulty node using components from your alcove. They'll fail. We're not giving up hope. Neither should you. 
With your permission, I'd like to return to my duties. That's not possible. I need to monitor your condition. Captain, I'm afraid I have to defer to the doctor. If you'd like, I can ask each help to bring some of your work here. So uh, each of he just showed up in sick bay, but uh, no one seems to be around. Computer, locate the doctor. The EMH is offline. Activate the EMH. This is eight you, doctor. I'm sorry, Ichab, I wasn't talking to you. Where's Seven? I wish I knew. When I refused to release her, she overrode my autonomy protocols. In the middle of a sentence, no less. Computer, locate Seven of Nine. Seven of Nine is in sick bay. Oh, she left her uh, comm badge behind in sickbay. He's looking for you. The doctor. I ran into him in the corridor. He's about 30 seconds away from calling a ship wide alert. Are you going to tell him where I am? Nope. I know what it's like to be stuck in sickbay. I've escaped the doctor myself once or twice. Thank you. Anytime. Lieutenant. When you die, do you believe your spirit will go to Stovacor? You shouldn't be thinking about dying. According to the doctor's simulations, any attempt to adapt to the salvage node will fail. Pretty light crew in engineering right now, too. Just Bolana and Seven of Nine. Stovacor, Lieutenant. Do you believe you'll go there? I guess it all depends on how honorable my death is. But you do believe there's something after death? I hope so. What about you? The Borg have no concept of an afterlife. However, when a drone is deactivated, its memories continue to reside in the collective's consciousness. As long as the hive exists, so will a part of that drone. You don't seem to take much comfort in that. My link to the collective has been severed for nearly four years. If I die, everything that I've accomplished in that time, everything I achieved as an individual, will be lost. My memories, my experiences. It will be as if they... as if I never existed. I think... You're a little more memorable than you're giving yourself credit for. You don't need the Collective to validate your existence. You've made an impact on every member of this crew. That's your legacy. There you are. I should have known she'd be the one to harbor a fugitive. We 
difficult patients need to stick together. I want you to return to sickbay immediately. Have you devised a new treatment? Not yet. Then it's best that I don't distract you from finding one. Seven, if you continue to exert yourself, your condition will only deteriorate more rapidly. Is that what you want? What I want is to be useful. I really could use her help. I promise not to let her overdo it. You can stay, provided you wear this cortical monitor. Thank you. they'll come up with something, right? Come on, this is Star Trek. Are you feeling better? My condition is unchanged. I've spoken to the captain about your desire to apply to Starfleet Academy. She's agreed to administer the entrance exam before we send the next data stream to Earth. It's a list of crewmen who can help you study. Lieutenant Torres is extremely well-versed in warp mechanics. Ensign Kim claims to have aced the quantum theory section. What about astrometrics? You'll notice you know uh, Itchib doesn't... Uh, most Starfleet officers. He Still, has I'll no uh, combat. I'll ask Lieutenant Paris to set aside some time. I'd rather study with you. You've become too dependent on me. You must learn to rely on others. And if I don't want to? What you want is irrelevant. Why are you acting like this? Is it because you think you're dying? I am dying. I'm sorry. You may have given up, but I haven't. Yeah, it's a good episode for Ichib, uh, for uh, Manu Intramini. Is that how you say it? I never could say that guy's name. Intarami, I think, something like that, yeah. So he's back here in Astrometrics doing some searches. Looks like sort of like a medical stuff, DNA. I know how to save her. I'm certainly open to suggestions. I've been analyzing the simulations you performed. They failed because you tried to implement a cortical node from a dead drone. That's correct. What you require is a live drone. I've already been through that with Captain Janeway. My cortical node is operational. I want you to remove it and give it to Seven. Absolutely not! Well, at least review my research. It may as well be a suicide note. I don't agree. Well, that's comforting. You took these scans of me when I left the Collective. By your own estimation, I emerged from my maturation chamber before I was fully assimilated. As a result, my physiology is less dependent on my implants. They still regulate many of your vital functions. What about my age? I'm younger, so it should be easier for my body to adapt to the loss. You're obviously too young to understand the risks involved. I understand the risks perfectly. It's like if giving we continue up a, to do a nothing, kidney seven or something. Will die. And if we proceed with your idea, you could both die. According to my research, there's an 86.9% chance that Seven's implants will adapt to my node. 
And what about you? Without a cortical node, how will you regulate your implants? You should be able to compensate with genetic resequencing. This isn't suicide, Doctor. I believe it can work. All I ask is that you consider it. Earth's biggest ditch. That's what my father used to call it. We hiked the North Rim when I was nine. That's an impressive geological formation. Too dusty. I've always preferred farm country myself. Bloomington, Indiana. Your hometown. You've mentioned it on several occasions. So what do you think? It appears to be a pleasant environment. When we get to Earth, I'll take you there. It's more likely this crew will reach Earth without me. You don't know that. You refuse to acknowledge the severity of my condition, just as I did at first. Are you giving up? I'm merely accepting reality. If I'd accepted reality six years ago, I'd have settled on the first M-class planet we came across. Instead, I'm 30,000 light years closer to Bloomington, Indiana. Minus several members of your crew. Ensign Marie Kaplan. Ensign Lindsay Ballard. Crewman Timothy Lang. Is there a point to this? Every person on this list died under your command. You accepted their deaths. But I don't believe you'll accept mine. That's presumptuous. I'm not being egotistical. On the contrary, I'm trying to make a point. Which is? All of these crew members came to Voyager with unique personalities. But I've required your constant assistance to develop my individuality. And you've come a long way. But not far enough. I've disappointed you. You feel your task is incomplete. That's why my death will be difficult for you to accept. Is that what you think? That you haven't lived up to my expectations? Clearly, I haven't. But I want you to know that the failure has been mine, not yours. You haven't failed, son. You've exceeded my expectations. You've become an individual, an extraordinary individual. If I'm having trouble accepting your condition, it's only because I don't want to lose a friend. Doctor to the captain. I need to see you in seven right away. Yeah, it's a good scene. You know, the two of them kind of coming to terms procedure. with things. No doubt. But you believe it'll work. There are significant risks involved to Seven and Echeb. But if you're asking me if it's possible, I'd have to say yes. What sort of precautions no can we... No matter how many precautions you take, it's not worth the risk to Echeb. Seven, this could work. I'm not willing to extend my life at the cost of yours. But you haven't reviewed all the data. As long as there is any chance you won't survive. The data is irrelevant. I'd like to return to sickbay now. As you wish. You're the captain. You could order her to do it. I have to respect her wishes. Even if it kills her. I want to help her just as much as you do. If that were true, you wouldn't let her die. Yeah, it's a tough call, this kind of a thing, you know, like... I could see Seven's point if 
there's any chance she she is there to surviving the would would you feel possibly hurt him or or even kill him. She would never take that chance or risk. A piece of fruit. Are you offering me my last meal? I, of course not. Is that what you <laughs> thought? I was attempting to lighten the mood. Ah yes. <laughs> well done. Echeb to the doctor. Report to Cargo Bay Two immediately. He's persistent. Not to worry. I'll make it clear to him that persistence is futile. You were summoned to. Echeb doesn't seem to have grasped the chain of command yet. <laughs> Remind you of anyone we know. Echeb? Disengaged his cortical node. How? My alcove. I programmed it to disconnect my neural relays. Can you reconnect them? He's locked me out of the controls. How could you do this? It was the only way I could prove to you that it would work. So he basically popped the thing out, uh, no matter what, you know, to show that he could survive it. What's wrong with him? Each have decided to perform a little operation on himself. I have to reconnect his node immediately. I intend to. No. If Seven can refuse treatment, so can I. We don't have time for this. Check your scans. You'll see I'm already adapting. Some of your implants have adapted, but not all. Then apply the resequencing technique I researched. This debate is pointless. I won't accept the node. And I won't keep it. Someone had better use the damn thing. If it stays disconnected much longer, it won't do either of you any good. You're acting like a child. Trying to save your life. Only because you've grown too dependent on me. So you think I need to learn to rely on other people? Yes. What about you? You've refused to rely on a single member of this crew. You hid your condition from the rest of us. You deactivated the doctor, and now you're rejecting my help. You're the one who needs to rely on others. Isn't that what people on this ship do? They help each other? Whenever we can. If the captain were dying, you'd risk your life to save her, wouldn't you? And when you respond to a distress call, you're risking the life of everyone on this ship to respond to the aid of strangers. He's right. Captain, he's just a child. I don't think he is. Not anymore. Doctor! Don't look at me. Please, just let us help you. Yeah, well, I guess since you've already gone and done half of it anyway. It's a good play by him, you know, when you think about it. Uh, it's like, okay, well, if you won't take it, I'm going to take it out That's myself. And uh, So now we've got both of them on in sick bay being worked on by the doctor. I think one of the interesting things about this episode is at the very beginning, of course, the other Borg uh, children are, are sent on their way and, and kind of made it less complicated because they just have Ejeb left to give this uh, Coracle Node thing to Seven rather than having real little kids involved. That would have been a little probably tougher, trickier. I think it's interesting with this Borg tech that these 
parts are so interchangeable. Looks like a, uh, a spark plug, basically. Great effects, though, the way they do this, just like in the Terminator films, where this whole big probe is going right into the into the head and brain of uh, Seven of Nine. Great, uh, great work on that. So it looks like they took the uh, the one out of each head and put it in Seven. Seems like it's working, of course. This episode's interesting. It's pretty much just a straightforward story. I mean, there's no secondary story that much. I mean, there, there's no B story really going on here. It's really all about Seven and her malfunctioning. How long have I been regenerating? Six days. We needed to make sure your implants had completely adapted to the new node. The good news is they have. Egypt. His road to recovery has been a little bumpier than yours. Has he suffered any permanent damage? I don't think so. He's been experiencing some pain, but I believe it's temporary. Pain I caused him. Pain he was willing to endure. recovered I expect the same from you the doctor wants to keep me here another week but I'm sure I'll be back on my feet in half that time I suggest you get as much rest as you can you're going to need it why I've decided to help you prepare for the astrometrics portion of the Academy exam you can expect a rigorous and grueling schedule Seven. Yes. Your ocular implant. It's malfunctioning again. Actually, it's functioning perfectly. Yeah, Seven's getting a little misty again. So there we go with this episode from Season 7, Voyager's Imperfection. A good 7 of 9 episode. I, I like it a lot. It's 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 very uh, clean. It doesn't have a lot of side things going on, like I said. And uh, it, it's an interesting concept about, you know, working and saving someone, you know, that could be injured, but you could hurt yourself in doing that. And, of course, 7 is... Uh, is unwilling, you know, she's the last person on Earth who probably, or the last person on Voyager, I should say, that wants to ha ask for any kind of help from anybody. But uh, but she ends up getting it, you know, whether she likes it or not, and, of course, is saved uh, by Icheb. So, yeah, good episode. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Uh, not a lot of commentary, not a lot of background in this episode of really unusual things. There's a little mix of um, the... Uh, this actually took place... Uh, before the episode drive, even though in the episode you see the new Delta Flyer uh, two is present, uh, which is uh, so they're you know they played these in in different order when they were uh, first aired. Uh, you don't really see many Borg again uh, for a while now in in Star Trek, uh, and uh, so um, 
so yeah, this was again one of the one of the I think a good episodes from the last season of Voyager to cover and talk about. All right, I'm gonna take a very short break. I'll be back. We'll wrap up today's podcast. Hey, this is Ethan Phillips from Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, again, thanks for joining me and listening to today's podcast on Treks in Sci-Fi, everyone. Uh, give you a feel for what's coming up on the show in August uh, next weekend. Uh, should be a guest spot of some kind. I'm not sure who's going to be here next week, but uh, it'll be a guest show. And uh, that'll be on uh, next week, August 2nd. It'll be uh, the 9th. I think I'm going to do a show about uh, comics. I'm going to talk a little bit about maybe about um, current comics I'm reading and enjoying, some classic series uh, from the past, uh, some of my favorites over the years. We'll talk a little bit about it in general. I think I've done that once before. Uh, but uh, and I and I always fit uh, you know a little bit of comic talk in uh, when it's related to things going on in the movies or on TV. But uh, so that'll be the ninth uh, on the sixteenth of August. Uh, I think that week is going to be a uh, actually a a guest spot by Jedi Jeff. He's going to do a vidcast actually for us about some of uh, his collection of diamond uh, Star Trek ships that he's got and uh that'll be cool love a uh, love uh collectible talk so jeff will be here that week of the 16th on the 23rd of august i think that uh that weekend i am unsure of it may be delayed a little bit uh i'm not sure yet uh but uh but that uh week uh, is is to, we'll call that one to be determined still <laughs> And then I think the last weekend uh, of August, I'll be doing a uh, anniversary show for the 10th anniversary of Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, although that may conflict a little bit with a bit of uh, a Chicago comic convention. So if I do it that weekend, it may be a little delayed as well. But always, uh, you can check a schedule. I have a link in the podcast section on, on the main Treks in Sci-Fi website. You can check for the upcoming shows and what's uh, what coming up on the podcast so without any further ado i'm going to get out of here I'll go have a little lunch and get this edited up and put online so you can all listen to it right again uh one last thing you know check patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi i'd appreciate any donations there would be fantastic that's great stuff and uh again thanks for listening i'll talk to everybody again very soon bye-bye
This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.